This is Phil Farron. This is going to be a little weird today because I am not in my car. I am in my daughter's van because my car is loaned out. Uh, and I'm transporting flowers. <laughs> and I'm shuffling around a lot of stuff, but I think we've got it. Uh, so I'm gonna try to not take too many corners too fast because the recorder is actually sitting in kind of a weird spot. Hopefully I won't sling this off and make a big loud noise. We, that would be bad. Um, it is, I don't know, episode 776, somewhere around there. Um, all is well, all is well. We had an interesting week at work. Uh, just little things popping up here and there. Uh, thankfully, it's not my code that's failing, uh, but, you know, plenty of things to do and plenty of uh, things in the future. So, you know, that's good. As far as the writing goes, uh, that's going well. I'm on chapter 30 of book 20, which is typically closing up shop. Um, I'm not quite to the page count that I normally am. Well, not quite to, yeah, the page count. I am at the word count. I'm like up 138,000 words, something like that, I think. I think it's 138,000. I normally go to about uh, 150,000, which I should be right on track with that. Um, but my page count in terms of just the document itself normally gets up to, I don't know, 475 or so. Um, and then that compresses down to about 450, kinda, kinda. And I'm not, I'm not there yet. So I don't know if there's things that have been figured differently, who knows? Uh, but that seems to be going fine. And I think I know what is finishing out, and I think I know where we are, and if that's all true, I basically have four more books to go. And we've got this wrapped up. Whoop, whoop! Um, so yeah, now I really have to start planning. I have to start planning for the actual, I know where I'm going in the last book, at the end of the last book, but now I have to get everything kind of moved over that direction, and there is a sufficient amount of stuff to get done that I think I have all the space I need to get it done, but there's just going to be, from here on out, it's going to be a dead run trying to figure out how to wrap up all the storylines satisfactory, satisfactorily that are still hanging out there. Um, so we'll just see. We'll just... <laughs> Jesus has been kind and good to help thus far, and I would very, very much expect him to continue that. Uh, and all is well. So, this book uh, had kind of a different take. Book 20 is called The Raveners. And...
and uh, or ravening. Raveners? I think it's just called Raveners. Um, and it's really about how are you supposed to respond when those who are above you, not necessarily those that you answer to from an authority standpoint, but how are you supposed to respond when those who are above you, whether you answer to them or not, act in such a way that they oppress your fellow man or fellow woman? What do you do with that? You know, do you rise up in arms and fight against them? Do you just sort of go along with the flow? The Apostle Paul had kind of an interesting take on all that because he very much addressed the idea of slaves and masters in Scripture, but it was just done as a state of being, a state of fact, and it wasn't necessarily, ah, you gotta rebel against that, and you gotta shake your fist at it, and you gotta run away, and you gotta do this, and you gotta do that. You know, he was just saying, look, if you're somebody's slave, serve your master well. If you're somebody's master, treat them well, treat your slaves well. And that has been used in a large effect to criticize the Bible and to call it all sorts of names and say why it's not relevant today, etc., etc. But in fact, um, that attitude of approaching the authorities, whether they are directly over you or not, and working within the structures that exist is just as relevant today as it has always been. Um, and it's really interesting because people like to poke their finger in the eye of Christianity to say how terrible it was that Paul didn't call that out. <laughs> and why didn't he criticize that? You know, well, uh, at the time, slavery was commonly accepted pretty much everywhere in the world. And it continued to be that for many, many years. And really the only thing that got us out of that were some people in England who embraced the Christian belief system, who embraced the idea of love your neighbor. And it was those people and later Britain to their loss by walking away from that industry, it was, in fact, followers of Christ who found the strength and the wherewithal to say, this is wrong and we need to stop doing it. And once it got started in England, that movement spread to America. And so it was Christianity that was directly responsible for slavery being abandoned. So it's pretty ironic that people who are way on the other side of it feel justified in looking all the way back to Bible times when there was a whole different cultural set 
to criticize and throw out the Bible when, in fact, it was the biblical beliefs that led to the demise of slavery in the modern world in the first place. So, you know, but people pick what they want to pick to criticize. They pick what they want to pick to shake their fists at. And, you know what? As an individual who has their own mind and their own approaches and free will, that is their privilege to do so. So, um, I have to make this quick today because this is the first time that we will be meeting with our small group um, since land. Well, we met last week. We went to dinner last week. But, I mean, actually really, really meeting and having a little devotional time and all that kind of stuff. This is the first time that we've done that since November, I think. Because in December, we just had a meal together and a few things like that to wrap up. And and honestly, I don't even... <laughs> I don't even know what we're supposed to be talking about. I think we're it's on prayer. Um... But I haven't even seen the materials. Uh, you know, I don't... We'll just have to get home and figure out where we are and get this done. Hopefully, there will be a video for us to watch. And, you know, we'll go from there. It'll be fine. Um, it is my wife's birthday today. And so I have some cupcakes. And then we're going to do family birthday tomorrow night at our house. Um, but it's my wife's birthday today. And... And then the flowers that I have actually are not for my wife. They're for my mother-in-law because she called me up to let me know that I needed to uh, drop by the neighbor's house because they had something for her. And so then they gave me this big vase with flowers in it uh, so <laughs> with water in it. And so I'm transporting that home. Uh, very exciting. But I'm holding on to it, and we're just fine. Um, what else? What else? That's, you know... Uh, oh, with costumes. Costumes are fun. Um, I did do my uh, robot day uh, over the weekend. Uh, that was very interesting. That was very interesting. I talked about that last week. And about the only thing I would say about that, I did the normal wear red day, and then I looped back around and did love your robot day. But I was only in the store for maybe an hour. Um, we're not, we're not quite there for what I wanted to accomplish. Um, we'll see where we end up next year. Uh, so I'm already, I've already decided. Yes, I'm going to try to do it next year. And what I'm hoping, the goal is that I'm hoping by next year. I've talked to some friends about this, but I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast. What I'm hoping for is next year that I will be able to take a tablet that has a front-facing camera and I will be able to go to some site, maybe pi.ai, and that it will be smart enough to scan faces and realize who is talking to it and I can just mount this thing on my chest and have running conversations with it so that when it sees somebody new, uh, it can greet them and it can have a conversation with them. And then when it sees someone else walk up, it can switch 
and have a conversation with them. Conversationally, Pi.ai is pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, you don't have to talk to it for long before you realize, yeah, this is not. <laughs> this, this is not perfect by any means. But it's pretty good. And it does some things that are surprising. And some people were surprised by, by seeing it. Um, and so it was worth doing. Um, but it was harder to manage than I was hoping that it would be. Um, and so I learned a lot of really good things. The, as far as the connectivity went, that all worked fine. But there is enough of a lag. And I don't think it was bandwidth. That There was enough of a lag that it made it a little more challenging than I would like it to be. So my hopes, could, can't really say goals because I, I'm really not in charge of any of this. My hope would be that next year the technology would have progressed to the point that I can just wear a tablet on my chest like I did but just sort of be the emissary you know I'm just walking around and then someone can just walk up to me at any point and say I want to talk to the robot and Ty Pi will just take off uh, talking to them so we'll see how far we get uh, but it's certainly, the potential is all there. So, anyways, um, I've got to make this quick, but just this last week, I just started thinking about the dark web. Uh, not the dark web. Uh, the deep state. Ding, ding, the deep state. And it was just a little side thought that I had that, you know, we're seeing things now that really seem to reflect the fact that there is a deep state. That there is a concerted effort to drive us in a certain direction. And that direction is definitely destruction. It's misery. It's death. Definitely. There's no, no question about that. Of course, the question is, what really is the deep state and what's behind it? But you see echoes of it in a lot of places. And it just gets to be so blatant now that it's sometimes you just look at it and you tilt your head to the side and you go, did you really expect you were going to get away with that? You know, it's like this border bill that they just put out. Oh, it's a border bill. That's what they're telling everybody. It's a bipartisan border bill. This is going to solve the border. And they just kept saying that. And Congress, the people who sponsored it, were more than happy for people to say that. And the media was more than happy to say it before any of the text was actually even released. It's a border bill, how great, it's bipartisan, you know. And then when the text actually comes out, oh, so it does have $20 billion in it for the border, wink, wink, but that doesn't really go to increase patrols. It's really just going to NGOs to help people to be able to apply for citizenship that sort of thing. And then, oh yeah, we threw in, you know, a dozen billion dollars for Israel because we were having a hard time getting that passed. So we just threw it in here and called it a border bill. And then, oh yeah, also, we just happened to add in 
$60 billion to go to Ukraine. So, because we really want them to enforce their borders. So, <laughs> so I'm getting my mail one moment. So, this border bill was really more a border bill for Ukraine than it was for the United States. But in order to, you know, try to strong arm people into voting for it, what we did was we just called it a border bill, much like the Inflation Reduction Act was just called the Inflation Reduction Act. And then we just put in there whatever we wanted to put in there. Because, obviously, we're all too stupid to figure this out. I mean, it's really... <laughs> it's, it's really fascinating that, well, if we call it a border bill for long enough, then if anybody gets wise in Congress and says, we're not voting for that... Then we can just jump around and say, you don't support border security because if you would have, you would have voted for the border bill. <laughs> and it's, it's just so childish. It's just so ridiculous. But I started thinking back about the fact that, you know, we had a situation. You go back to the 50s and Eisenhower, of course, saying... America has to be really, really careful about the military-industrial complex. You know, there was that thing. And then you come forward a few years and you see John F. K. that there's a lot of questions that have never really been resolved with the John F. K. assassination. And there's questions about the Robert F. Kennedy assassination. And then, you know, you get into the situation where the CIA is actually... Um, the CIA is actually trying to drug get uh, organizers for uh, African-American rights and those kind of things. They're trying to get them hooked on drugs and they're trying to... I mean, you just start hearing all these stories about everything that's been going on for all these years. Uh, and it just, you know, you go, wow, I guess the man was right. Correct. You know, power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. I'm trying to get back into the garage with my daughter's spare, my daughter and son-in-law's spare van. And I'm trying not to run into anything. Because this one works different than mine. Um, and you just kind of follow it down. And then you get all of the pharmaceutical stuff with the COVID stuff. And it's, and it's just like, wow. You know, and then you get into the Hunter Biden laptop stuff where you've got the F or the Steele dossier stuff where you've got the FBI that are sitting on information because they don't like Donald Trump. And so they're not coming out and saying, look, this is this is not correct. You know, they had the Hunter Biden laptop and everybody was saying, oh, that's Russian disinformation. And it's like, no, they've had the laptop for 18 months. And what have they been doing with it? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Because they were just going to deep six that whole thing, you know. And, you know, with the Steele dossier, the reports have been that, in fact, they knew it was all bogus. Um, and yet they just kept having Congress, you know, talk about the fact that, oh, oh Steele dossier, he's a Russian plant, you know, disinformation, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. It's really fascinating. 
that there's so much and it doesn't really seem to matter. There are a few, but it doesn't really seem to matter if you're Democratic or Republican. It's like this deep state in Washington that just churns through money and power and, you know. But that's because power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the only form of government that God ever sponsored on earth was a form of anarchy. Everybody just did what was right in his own eyes in the time of the judges, and God just raised up a judge when we needed to fight something, and they go and they fight that, and then everybody just goes home. Because God knows the human heart. So, I mean, he, he, he knows that if you put, if you give people power, that you can just count on the fact that you give them power, they are going to abuse that power. Period. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that's going on now that's really fascinating is this whole business of excess deaths and this whole thing of died suddenly. Nobody really seems to, from an authority standpoint, nobody really seems to care that much that additional numbers of people are dying every year, and it doesn't seem to be stopping. Now, I have, I've got to find out. <laughs> How do I get, nope, that's not it. There's a card in here somewhere for Nana that I'm going to have to find. Oh, there it is. Okay, so this is the card for Nana. So I've got to carry this stuff in and get ready for small groups. But it's really interesting. And the other thing that's really, really interesting that I haven't done enough research to know, but John Campbell, I watch him, and he believes it's real. And if it's real, this is going to be fascinating to watch. And that is these fibrous things that doctors doing autopsies are finding in people's veins now that they've never seen before that prior to COVID, they never saw this stuff. And yet, what John Campbell said was that he was getting reports from morticians and from people doing autopsies, well, doctors doing autopsies, not mortician, that one in five people they were seeing who had these fibrous things in their veins and causing blockages and stuff, and it's just like filling up their veins and killing them. And it's this like completely new pathology that no one's ever seen before. Huh, I wonder what could be the cause of that. And it's going to be really interesting to see. You never hear about this in the mainstream media or in the corporate press. But how long does this have to go on? How many people have to die before somebody says, you know what, we really need to figure out what's going on here and what the source of this is. And if there's something that could even possibly remotely be affecting this, we need to stop doing that thing. So we'll see how far that one goes. Because the deep state, for whatever you want to call it, whether it's just a race for money and power, whether it's just the flesh in individuals all kind of getting together, or whether it's all of the above plus the influence of higher <coughs> principalities and powers, as Paul calls them. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Which I tend to think it's all of the above. I don't think humans are, are smart enough to really orchestrate all this, but if they're just being driven by power and greed and fear, sure, 
that can aggregate up into things that like we're seeing. And certainly if it's getting a little nudge and help from dark spirits and dark powers, certainly, yes. But it's going to be really interesting to see how this all develops. Because, I mean, I'll just go on record now as saying I will be really, really stunned if Donald Trump actually gets elected again. Because the deep state is going to pull out every trick it can to stop that. And if that comes down to actually assassinating Donald Trump, I think they'll try that too. And they may even succeed. Because there is a lot of weird stuff going on. Let me see if I can get this shut off because I've got one handful already, but this is Phil Ferrand and I have made it home. Let me turn this over here and then hit the stop button where I'm guessing because I 